I'm pissed off. You're muted. right to the jump. I just unmuted myself right I into it. I, I, I've watched the film three times already. I'm pissed. I, I'm just aggravated. <laughs> we are live. Welcome aboard. I'm your host, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my co-host, Joe DeLeon. Oh, boy. I did not think the game was going to play out the way. They, well, okay, look, I will say this. I'm pissed off because I, I, wanted a, I wanted a close game, and I don't think it's – I'm not putting blame on LSU, and we're going get, to get to what my takes are in this. And LSU fans, this is going to be really surprising, but I'm not going to take a massive dump on you guys. I'm not going to you know, take well, any thanks. shots. Well, I, I don't think it's on you guys as much as everyone's painting it out to be. That game, if you look at the box score, it looks bad. But if you watch that game, it was early momentum not going in LSU's favor that just eventually their luck ran out. There's not, it is so hard to play four quarters when you fail to convert two fourth downs Three. in the red zone. Three. Three. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. It's impossible. Well, number one, okay, the game was closer than it played in the final score, right? LSU's down seven. They're driving. Malik Neighbors slips and falls. It's an interception. LSU can't contain defensively. They got problems in the secondary. And, look, I'll discuss it tonight on AYS. We'll discuss it tonight here. We'll give a recap of Florida State and LSU. But, Joe, this is 1,000% when we did our playoff predictions – and I had Florida State in there and got laughed at by a lot of people. A lot of people. This is why I had Florida State in my top four. Because they are that good. Yes. They, are that, they are as advertised. That defensive line, dude, I'm, I, you're going to have to tell me a better defensive line in the country. Because uh, Jared No, I mean, they got pushed around like, this week. Yeah. I mean, they 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 were not up to par. But here's here's the thing. You know what, Joe? If I would have gone in this game and said Jared Verse would be a non-factor, what would you have said? I would have been stunned. Well, he was a non-factor. Outside of the big the hit that led to the incompletion, he did not do anything. He 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 was a non-factor. Will Campbell shut him down. He was a non-factor. And despite that, that defensive line was all over Jaden Daniels, all over him. And you guys couldn't run the ball up the middle. And for some reason, there was a bit of an offensive stubbornness trying to keep going back to that. Oh, dumb. I don't know, man. That I, That's where I'm at is that I think this is more of a takeaway on Florida State than it is on LSU. And for some reason today and all of last night, it was take as many shots at LSU as possible. Maybe I'm getting a little soft because I've been doing the show with you so long. But I don't think that the blame goes on LSU, and instead we should be giving credit to Florida State. That's the reality of the situation. We'll talk on that. We'll give our Joe and I will give our top ten teams. Uh, one team I'm sure Joe's going to be excited that is in my uh, my top ten. Oh yeah, Florida State's going to be in my top three. I'm sure they're in your top three uh, as well. Yep. I don't think you can dethrone Georgia. We'll talk on all this as well in a big matchup. Alabama and Texas, we'll talk about this on, on Wednesday, but we also will talk the probably the second biggest matchup. Joe, what team is really back? Look, I, I think Texas A&M really impressed me. And everybody mm. says, well, Blake, they play New Mexico. I don't care if they play Rudy Poo Tech, Joe. I know when I see wide-ass open receivers and them connecting the ball down the field 
and Jimbo not? Joe, he didn't call a play. Bobby Petrino ran that offense, and they, look what they did offensively. Defensively, they looked good. Guess what? They have a really good wide receiving room. They got a, they're got they really good on both lines of scrimmage. Surprisingly, and it, it really hurts my heart, that I'm going to have to agree with you on this game probably when we get to this this preview of this game. Miami's but- about to get run out the freaking stadium. I don't. I don't. Okay, see, that's where I don't agree <laughs> with. I don't agree with that part. I think that Texas A&M will likely win. A little bit of a spoiler alert, but Miami, man, dude, Miami looked good, and we're going to talk about that. I had some close eyes on that that Miami, Miami of Ohio game because I bet on it. Um, I just think that though, no matter what, who wins this game, this is going to be a nice little notch in the resume that you can throw on there and say like, hey, look, we 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 beat a premier brand. Look at that, and it's going to maybe help carry some momentum for the rest of the season. I'm not going to run away from this. Elks says Dan Blake is 0-4. I was. I went 5-0 um, last week. I'm on the verge of going 0-5 this week after talk, not being humble and talking shit to Joe last week. Maybe Clemson pulls it out for me. We'll, we'll find that out uh, here uh, tonight. And also, like we just mentioned, we'll talk Texas A&M Miami uh, in this preview. So, Joe, let's get rolling. we got a lot to discuss, a lot to break down. Let's do it. Let's let's get to it. Let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. But before we do that, you know what time it is, man. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all of those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're listening to us or watching us on Fubo TV, welcome, welcome, welcome. Don't go anywhere. We got a lot to break down. I'm probably going to go on a mini rant next. LSU, Uh-oh. breaking down LSU in Florida State. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! I have to to say something, by the way. I have to say something before I know that you're going to go off. The Texas fans that are like taking the stupid victory lap, like after Dude, LSU, they are lap. all over this LSU. You beat Rice. You guys <laughs> beat Rice. Shut the hell up. When you get your ass kicked by Alabama, we're gonna have a completely different conversation. I can't stand Texas fans. It, it it's them in person. It's them online. Shut up. God, sorry, Blake. That pissed me off last night. Dude, they are taking a victory lap. On LSU. You beat Rice. But Let's talk about the, your accomplishments. Thing, LSU and Texas aren't rivals. It, I, well, I'm sure part of it's the, the shit talking that we've done on this show. But I just think the whole thing's comical. They have no leg to stand on. I agree. Well, we'll preview them this week. I'm sure both of us will be leaning Alabama. Joe, let me start off here. LSU fans are going to get mad at me in saying this. And your unbiased opinion, let's see if you agree. 
Jane Daniels looked a lot better in the pocket last night, throwing the football. Did he miss some throws? Yes. Okay, a lot of quarterbacks miss throws. You cannot have drops on crucial third downs. You can't. He does he have to make better decisions? Sure. I I agree. He does. Having him drop back to pass 44 times is not his game. It's not his game. He averaged 18 yards per carry when they ran draws, some of the zone reads, and one of them he got tackled for a loss. Schematically, LSU was lost offensively. If you're gonna if you're gonna do what you did on now, stay with me. I'm not calling for Jaden to be benched. That's not what I'm going to say here. Okay. If you're gonna run this type of offense, you got to put in Garrett Nussmeyer. Because if you're not gonna get Jaden Daniels out in out in space, which we saw him do against Alabama a year ago, you're gonna lose. He, that's not his game. He is more Lamar Jackson than he is Tom Brady. That's not a hot take. It's not a hot – no. He is more of a Josh Josh Allen in the sense of that he wants to improvise what he's doing. Getting him to sit back in the pocket to try to make reads is not his strong suit. When you're not able to score in the second half, get his fast ass out in space and let him run. Because, Joe, every time they did that, they converted. Did you know that? Every time he got outside the tackles, he converted. They didn't yep. stop it. The draw plays, they didn't stop it. That's one offensively. The game was closer than some people will look at the final box score and say. LSU's down seven early in the first quarter, uh, fourth quarter. Actually, the very first play of the fourth quarter. Okay. Malik Neighbors falls down. It's the interception. Somewhat of the dagger for LSU because they can't – the DBs were getting roasted by a kid from Louisiana that I begged and pleaded for. Joe, I, I went back to my show when Keon Coleman went in the portal. We talked about it on this show. Yep. I begged and pleaded for LSU to go get Keon Coleman. Did I not? Begged and pleaded. I On this show, I went back and listened to it. I said he's a top three receiver – with Marvin Harrison in the fold. I think he's a top two, top three wide receiver in college football. Mm-hmm. LSU didn't go do that. They thought they had the dudes. They don't. They don't. Athletically, they do. But big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. That's not what I'm the most pissed off about. You know what I'm the most pissed off about? All what? summer. Brian Kelly has been very nice and gracious of giving us access. Harold Perkins has been rushing the passer, Joe. What in the outright shit did I see last night on crucial third downs not letting Harold Perkins get after Jordan Travis? What did I see? You're letting him spy? Okay, do that a couple times. Sounds good. Jordan Travis is going to scramble to throw the football. He does not want to run the football. We have seen that for six years now. He does not want to run. He's going to scramble to throw. Broke down. Oh, and by the way, LSU's got an issue at DB. Yeah. They have an issue at DB. Now, they won't see a better wide receiver quarter than they saw last night the entire year. They're going to have to fix it, man. They're going to have to fix it. Just talk specifically on the coaching stuff that you brought up before I kind of get to my 
you know, my takeaways from this game. I don't understand the usage approach for two of your best players, and you hit on it. Why are you asking Jaden Daniels to sit in the pocket and make plays and deliver as a pocket passer when his biggest, and you just said this, his biggest strength is being an athlete and threatening defenses with his legs. And they did a lot of that in the first half. Like he picked up a bunch of nice plays and a a bunch of nice gains when he was being Jaden Daniels. But for some reason, they completely flipped the script and they were doing the opposite of what was going to help him succeed. And then Harold Perkins, some people want to go as far as say that he had a bad game. He didn't. His usage was bizarre. Why are you not sending your best athlete after the quarterback? I think that the quote was from, from Kelly that last year it was a lot of see ball, get ball. And we're trying to get him up to speed on, on being a, a good defensive player. That worked last year. I'm not saying that you give him a dumbed down defense, but why are you trying to overcomplicate the kid? The kid is so freakishly athletic and talented and instinctual. Let him go do that. Why are you overcomplicating things with both of those guys? And then the last bit, bit here, I said this in the, in the, the introduction, I I don't put a lot of blame on LSU for things going awry for them in the second half. Florida State's really freaking good, and they just exploded because all the momentum was in their favor. But it is so hard to to maintain momentum. All the momentum was in favor of LSU that entire first half. Agreed. To not convert on those two early fourth and goal to go situations or fourth and red zone situations and not at least kick one field goal in that spot that killed them. I I had such a bad feeling going into halftime, knowing that those things were not converted. I knew that it was going to be an impossible task for them to, to bounce back and be able to finish that game. You left 14 points on the table, 14 points, or you could say six points off the table because they could have kicked two field goals. That decision-making was a little bit too aggressive, and I think that killed them in the long run. In the fourth quarter, the effort wasn't there, okay, which I yeah, I think is what a lot of people are aggravated about. The DB room for LSU is, it ha- has a massive problem. Now, I understand that Brian Kelly has his rules – I know that Brian Kelly has his ways, and some of them I agree. If a kid shows up late, uh, okay. You know, like you're not going to get – I don't want to say playing time, but the rewards. I internally last night was asking myself the question, why is Denver Harris not in the ball game? Yeah. Why are you constantly leaving Deuce Chestnut – out there on the perimeter to Keon Coleman. Look, you put a safety on Keon Coleman and, and Major Burns. You're trying to go after Jordan Travis. They score. Okay. All right. I, I, I'm cool with that. They're, you're not going to completely stop them. Here is the entire game. Here is the biggest reason why LSU lost to Florida State the last two years. Joe, they were 11 for 18 on third down last year. Mm-hmm. In conversion downs yesterday, they were 10 of 15 on third and fourth down. 10 of 15. In 120 minutes worth of football, against LSU, Jordan Travis has been sacked sacked zero times. 
Zero. If he's got to run and improvise and do things mm-hmm. and you don't sack him, who gives a flying shit? Who gives a flying shit? Get after the quarterback. That is the name of the game when it comes to a guy that wants to throw the football. You can affect him in so many different ways by not getting an official sack in the in the stat sheet, getting him on the ground, hitting him, being there when he's throwing the ball, knocking him off course, doing a lot of different things. LSU is going to have to figure out their DB room. And I do think that there's a lot to be said in us being at all those practices and Jane Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer eating up this DB room. You know why they were? Point blank, because the DB room was not that good. And they're not that good. They're not. This isn't the LSU of old. They don't have the guys in here. Now, there is one thing. There is one thing that I will give Brian Kelly a little bit of a pass on. Mm-hmm. Because of last year, him winning the West, him going 10-4, and four, we forget that he came in with 39 scholarship players. He does have to rebuild, okay? You got to give him that. But you've had a little bit of time to get the right amount of DBs in here. Keon Coleman should should be a Tiger. That That's the bottom line. So I look at this game and, and see, look, you're one position. It's one possession in the fourth quarter. Receiver slips. It's an interception. It is what it is. But – not being able to run the football really pissed me off. It really pissed me off. And we talked about this defensive line, Joe, so much in the offseason, our non-playing portion of the year. We talked about them so, so much, and they stepped up. But here's the crazy thing. What if I – I think I told you – that? yeah, I told you this. was. I don't think it was in the show. Maybe it was. I, I can't remember. If I would have told you that Jared Verse and Braden Fisk – would be somewhat non-factors in the passing game, you would have looked at me like I was yeah. great. Yes. And you know what? They were non-factors. They were non-factors. Statist- they, statistically, they were. Oh, not even that. He only had um, – Verse only had one pressure. It was the yes. it was the incompletion that Jane Daniels was throwing the football. That's it. Will Campbell shut him down the entire rest of the game. That is the truth. Joe, he, did, he didn't do anything in the run game. The, the, the eye in the no. sky doesn't lie. 66 in, in white last night, dominated potentially a top 10 pick outside of one pass rush. If you would have told me that, I would have said, well, shit, if you, if you neutralized verse, then LSU's got a shot. They got away from what they did best last year. They, got, they overcoached themselves. I think it's a good way of putting it. They overcoached themselves. Run the ball. The game is won up front. You have to run the ball. You know what Saban did? My quarterbacks suck ass. Let's call it what it is. Saban said, I don't have a quarterback. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go get big, giant behemoths up front, and I am going to kick your ass. you got to get your best playmaker out in space. They failed to do that. Look, the – Multiple – yeah, the, the coaching issues obviously were clear for, for LSU. And I, one thing I want to focus on here, and I have to put this out there, I, I, I'm the reason, big reason why I'm not super down on LSU is because 
of who they just went up against. I still think that LSU is good enough to finish as a top 10 team at the end of the season. They're going to finish with a good record by the end of the year because they have a favorable schedule where they can win a lot of the games down the stretch. And they've got so plenty of time. LSU versus Ole Miss right now, DBs? That's going to be a tough matchup. They're going to ha- they're going to have to get get things situated and figured out. But here is my main point, though, Blake. National championship winning teams have defining moments very early on in the season. Very, very often there are games for those teams. Last year it was Georgia beating the crap out of Oregon. That was the Florida defining State moment for statement. them. Florida State just made a statement. They just announced themselves to the world and said, "You guys were talking about Coach Prime the other day and how he just put together a." a transfer portal hall and made them competitive again. Look what we just did. We just put together an all-star team of all of the players in the transfer portal. That was the best transfer portal class. This team will play in the national championship. Like that's why I'm saying that like uh, LSU fans, I don't think you should obviously read into the issues, but you can only take it with so much of uh, you. You have to take it with so much of a grain of salt because you just played against a top two, top three team, in the country. I know that there's an aspiration for LSU to be in that conversation, but that team is going to play in the national championship by the end of the season. And we talked about this a lot leading up to the game, Blake, that whoever won this game was going to gain a ton of momentum that was going to set them up for that type of a run. And Florida state is not going to have any other challenges until they play Clemson. They're not going to face a single other team that gives them as much of a challenge along the offensive and defensive line on the regular season schedule, not even Clemson fits that discussion. Florida State is as well-rounded as any team in the country, and I would argue they are in the conversation to be more well-rounded than Michigan and Georgia. Their quarterback is poised and can make plays. They have massive jump ball threats at receiver that are unguardable, and Keon Coleman is a freaking dude, and I said that during the preseason, that he is going to be the second quarter uh, wide receiver off the board when it's all said and done, their offensive line is stout. They've got multiple strong, elusive running backs, and their defensive line is freaking dominant, not to mention the defensive backs they went and added. That roster, and I don't want to hear the bullshit that people are saying that that's a hot take because it's not. That team, if you watched it, is good enough to play in the national championship. I agree. And on that point, you know what's wild about this? What? The two biggest, the teams that made the two biggest impacts this weekend were who, in your opinion? It was Colorado and Florida State. All the touchdowns made by Florida State last night, guys from the transfer portal. Colorado, all of their touchdowns were Dion recruits, okay, Dylan Edwards, or portal players. I think we got a little writing on the wall about how it might be to make a team now. Either you're going to have to recruit like Alabama or Georgia, or you're just going to have to throw shit at the wall when it comes to the portal and see what sticks. You got to win the Keon Coleman's. You got to win the Brayden Fisk's. You got to win the Jaheim Bell recruiting uh, portal wise. You cannot finch row Cypress. You got to be able to win those battles. The truth is Colorado had the number one overall portal class because of how many dudes they brought in. Travis Hunter single-handedly could win you that one. But Florida State's right there. They are right there. I do agree that on. I think the point that you just made 
was probably the best take that I think you've ever had. In, in this in this way, Florida State can attack you in so many different ways offensively, it's scary. But here's another thing, too. Let's not act like in that first half, LSU wasn't popping them in the mouth offensively. They, they were. and they, but the, So, like, that's my whole – and the other part of that, too, Makai Wingo was eating up the lunch of the entire interior. Well, and Jordan Jefferson, State. 99. Yeah. Dude, the, the interior of that offensive line for Florida State is not good. This is my whole point, though, is that who the heck are they going to face down the stretch – First of all, they're going to make the playoff. But when then they have to then face Georgia or Michigan, which is very likely, I know it's only been one week, but it's very likely, I don't think that either of those teams have vastly better offensive lines or defensive lines. That is the truest test that they're going to get. And I know that they had difficulty, but they're not going to get stopped by anyone. I don't think, and I know that we still have to watch Clemson in in 30 minutes when that game kicks off. I I'm not really that, Worried about Clemson going up against this team. I think Clemson is going to be explosive and they're going to be a top 10 team, but they are not on that same level as Florida State. They're going to well, be improved, but they do not have those athletes at receiver and running back. I'm going to push back. Let's see what Garrett Raleigh does. Look, Will Shipley's fine, and I know that they've, they've got some bodies at receiver, but they got I, more I, than bodies. They don't have Johnny Wilson, Jaheim Bell, and, and Keon Coleman. The, those dudes, that is the they best and offensive Hill. weapon arsenal in college football right now. I agree. There's not a I, – I, I do think from a wide receiver perspective, I, I would I, I would tolerate the debate of Ohio State, okay? Okay. I would tolerate it because with better quarterback play, I do think that Ohio State's right. receiving core weapons-wise and running backs – you can't right. make this argument, okay? The, the guy oh. can't get them the damn ball, though. That's the problem. <laughs> Correct. But but I do agree. Keon Coleman, Joe, I, I have videos all over AYS of me begging and pleading. Trey Harris at Ole Miss, Louisiana dude from Lafayette, I begged and pleaded, begged and pleaded. My entire take during the offseason was, LSU led the country or led the SEC in drops a year ago. They have green grass athletes. If you don't utilize them, Joe, they had 18 passes. LSU last night had 18 passes, 10 yards or less. That's 10 yards or less. You want to hear something even more nuts? The passes that weren't. One went for 75 yards at the end of the game for a touchdown. That's one. Jane had five other throws, 10 yards or 10 yards plus. You want to hear something nuts? All of them were dropped. Let me repeat what I just said. Uh, 18 passes, 10 yards or less, okay? Every other pass besides the touchdown, he had one other one. Every other pass was dropped 10 yards plus. I I have a kind of a shitty take that you're not going to like. Hit me with it. I, I, I don't know if this team's equipped for Jaden Daniels you got to take shots. Joe, so if I told you that he had uh, eight – Hold on one second. But they, ne- but they don't call the offense that way, though. That's the problem. But, but so hold, like, but, but, well, they couldn't because they had they had six drops. He went two for eight at 10 yards plus. Okay? Mm-hmm. 10 yards plus, uh, he had eight attempts. I'm okay with that. You're going to have to do that. Joe, what if I told you that a guy went two for six on 
passes 10 yards and plus, and six of them were dropped. I mean, that, that doesn't serve very well for him. He needs his receivers to make those plays. Okay. Yeah. What happens if those passes are connected with? Uh, oh, man, this is the whole thing. Then it's going to be – it's you have more of an offensive – you have more, more so offensive The momentum. one with Malik Neighbors in the end zone, you were mm -hmm. at the five-yard line. That's not a 10-yard throw. Okay? It looks different because it's going from a – from the far hash to the opposite side of the end zone, but he's at the five-yard line. Like, this is this is not my – go look up PFF. This isn't my take. But when I look at that, though, Joe, you take yeah. eight shots and six drops, that is a massive issue. All right. I just I just don't – again, I, do, I don't want to reiterate over-reiterate what we talked about earlier. Just the decision-making for, for that quarterback, the play calling to set him up to ask him to do things that he's not – good at like you guys can run the ball really really well you've got a good stable running max but you didn't use them here's my last take on this before we transition right. and i i this is definitely going to piss you off um it's a down year for sec it's a down year for sec teams plain and simple i think it's way too early to tell that i i was just about to say i'm overreacting a little bit i am admitting that i'm overreacting a little bit but in all of the non-conference conference primetime premier matchups where it was painted out to be that these SEC teams were going to start off the season strong. Not only did a bunch of them lose, they didn't lose in the best of fashions. And I'm pointing at the fact that South Carolina looked really sloppy. They gave up nine sacks. Florida looked completely inept offensively, That's and they the couldn't worst move the ball. In the SEC, though, That's I don't the know. In the SEC, if Alabama right now, right now Vandy on the road is a seven is a six and a half point dog. On the road. Alabama needs to regain the momentum for the conference because right now, things are not looking very good. The Pac-12, did you know the Pac-12 is undefeated right now in all their not their non-conference matchups? Well, they didn't undefeated. have... Well, they didn't have... They're undefeated, period. They're 13-0 they're in all of their games. Right. They're 13 All the games that they played. Right. I don't know. It just feels weird. I, and all the top teams played FCS. Or, and and or what's G5 crazy programs. is that conference is going kaput. I, th that's the craziest part. And I mean, we could probably put our tinfoil hats on right now and say, how does the, the conference with all these competitive teams end up shutting down because they were unwatchable? But, you know, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. The only thing I would say is Oregon scored 81 points. They, paid, they played Rudy Putek, Portland State. Mississippi State my, played my alma mater. And, yeah. and quite honestly, got the ball shoved right down their throat. They got inside the 20 Southeastern and looked like the bad news bears. It's just the truth. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Want to go to our top 10 teams? Let's do it. Let me go ahead and get let the chat get after my ass on this one. Here's my top 10. Georgia at number one. Michigan, Florida State goes in at number three for me, Joe. Alabama, number four, Penn State, number five, Ohio State, number six, USC, number seven, Clemson, number eight, LSU, number nine. I'm going to get pushback on that, and I, I, I get it. Number 10, Notre Dame or Oklahoma, pick them. Uh, I think we have really similar top tens. And look, I, I give me shit also. I'm not an LSU fan. I kept LSU in my top ten. I'm not going to completely remove a team after a loss especially against one of the best teams in the country. Now, if they lose another game, I'm not going to hesitate to completely take them out of the conversation entirely. My top 10, I ended up going with Georgia number one, Michigan number two. No movement for them because they played nobodies. 
Florida State at number three. I think that the minute that there is any doubt cast in either of those top two teams, I am moving Florida State up. Or once Florida State beats Clemson, I'm going to probably end up moving them up. Washington at number four. Um, they kicked the crap out of Boise State. I know that it's just Boise State, but for Michael Penix to go for over 400 yards, five touchdowns, kind of a similar feel to the, the way that that Florida State's offense looked, that they just all their receivers were wide open, easy flow moving the ball. Boise State's not a slouch. I moved them up to number four. USC number five, I debated putting them above Washington, but my concerns for their defense is holding me back on that. Number six, Penn State. Seven, Ohio State. Big move back on Ohio State. Number eight, Alabama. You guys didn't play anybody. I'm not moving you up. Number nine, LSU. And then number 10, Oklahoma. Um, I didn't want to put Notre Dame in there yet because I think if Notre Dame stomps NC State, which is a, a quality ACC team, but Notre Dame should beat the crap out of them, I think I'm going to make that argument that they should be a top 10 team. The argument that I would, and I can't believe I had to go in here and defend Notre Dame. The argument that I would have on what a neutral, world are we living in? <laughs> in a neutral, I know you defending LSU, me defending Notre Dame. Uh, it's weird. <clears throat> I agree with you on Oklahoma, and that's why I said Oklahoma or Notre Dame. But besides Notre Dame or Oklahoma, name a team that should be ranked ahead of them. Like, Ahead if of, you had a top 11, is Notre Dame number 11? Yeah, I have them at 11. I would have them at 11. I absolutely have them ahead of Texas um, and Which Clemson. I, we still have to see Clemson first. Yes, I am killing myself. This does not feel good. It doesn't. <laughs> um, Here's an interesting conversation that I, I want to take this. Okay. A lot of people are so down and talking shit on Georgia why we did the same thing last year when they played and they dicked around with Kent State and Missouri and it was like oh they looked kind of weak against Missouri and then they came around and smacked Tennessee and then there was never a, a second of doubt after that look I'm never gonna worry about Georgia I know that their defensive line was not as sexy as we're used to seeing against UT Martin. And maybe Carson Beck's got to get a little bit more comfortable. If anyone's going to figure it out and if anyone's going to show up and have you know a little bit of a, a, a slow week against a bad opponent, it's going to be Georgia. They notoriously, notoriously do not show up against bad opponents and rotate a lot of guys. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. They do play Martin. a lot of dudes. They played a lot of dudes. I, I, I just I thought that UT was Martin's nice. also a ranked FCS team. Like it's not like they're playing Presbyterian or something like that. Like if you're playing half-assed, which they did, they're gonna it's gonna look a little bit rough on some plays. I agree. Um and you're starting a quarterback for the first time, right? Like and you know what else is crazy about Georgia? Like, bro, they won a game against Clemson with JT Daniels. Think about that for a minute. That's insane. You want to know how really well coached they are? They won a game against a ranked opponent. Actually, no, they weren't a playoff team, but an 11-win team in Clemson. They won it 
by playing JT Daniels. Oh, and by the way, they didn't score an offensive touchdown. They had a pick six. Yeah, that was a horrendous out. I completely forgot. I That game has been just pushed out of my memory because of how just offensively disgusting that was on both sides. Again, they're going to figure it out. And, like, of course, the weird thing is that there is kind of this hyper-asphyxiation on uh, – hyper-fixation on – Carson Beck and the way that he like played but like again it's it's UT Martin the guy's going at that's a warm-up game it's the preseason I'm not I'm not worried about that stuff I here's the other thing that I want to bring up with these okay. top tens that we we both moved back Ohio State I know that they still won and I know that it's kind of contrary they look bad the, dude they look bad in winning their their offensive their whole offense is really shaky and I know that it sounds weird that we're making excuses for Georgia, but we're questioning Ohio State. If your top two receivers don't go over 20 yards, that's a problem. It's a quarterback problem. It's an offense problem. It's an offensive play calling problem. They got to figure it out. I'm not bought in on them at all. Like I said on Wednesday, and I'll continue to say this, I am not I, – I, I agree and conceded to you – the fact of pushing them back, but I pushed them back to six. I had them at five. Okay. I pushed them back a spot because I do, because Drew Aller went in, went in there and had a better performance than uh, Devin Brown and Kyle McCord. That's the reason for the flip. I just don't want to write off Ryan Day right now and say that they're going to be bad. I, I can't, I'm not going to do it. I, I can't do it. Like, so, for an example, do I deep down believe that Notre Dame and Sam Hartman, now that we've seen multiple weeks of Sam Hartman and Notre Dame, can they beat Ohio State? Yes, they can. We've seen it. Early in the year, we've seen it. But there, it, there does come a little bit of, of time in this that, okay, I want to see it to be proven. Because whether they – Regardless of what you want to say about Ohio State, in the North, they've been the juggernaut. Okay, mm -hmm. well, Michigan beat them the last two years. Okay, well, cool. They still made the playoff and almost knocked off the, the reigning defending national champion, Joe. I mean, like, they were probably the second or third best team a year ago, and you can't argue that. I'm just not going to uh, uh, write off Ryan Day yet. I cannot do it. I don't know. I've kind of already mentally written him off, but the thing that gets a little tricky for me is I'm not really in on James Franklin. I will say though, to kind of bring up that point, but if you me, got in a quarterback battle, I told you this during the off season, if you got yeah. into a quarterback battle, Drew Aller's going to win that battle. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, so that's, what's the interesting point. And I think that if you look at both of these games, I actually, I'm moving Penn state ahead of Ohio state. That's where a lot of the shifting ends up happening with my top 10 rankings is that you look at the quality of the wins against very eerily similar opponents. Indiana is equally as bad, if not slightly better, or sorry, West Virginia is equally bad, if not slightly better than Indiana. They're both terrible opponents that they just played. But I saw some, sh some signs of life and a lot of ex explosive capabilities from Penn State. They didn't win by a huge margin. They didn't put up 60 points, but they had a lot of splash plays. None of that showed up for Ohio State. I will say this, though. Ohio State's defense might be better than it was last year. And that was a big issue for them. Their defensive line looks tough. It looks physical. The guys that were problems last year are gone and they moved on to the NFL or, or whatnot. They are tough up front. Indiana's offensive line is not terrible. 
they completely shut them down and they got after the quarterback. If they do survive in these games and at least win that Penn State matchup or somehow pull out the Michigan matchup, it's going to be because of that defensive line and that front seven. All right, one more thing on this, and I want to move to Alabama really quickly before we get yes. to A&M and, and Miami. Okay. I went back and watched that Penn State game. They completely took the pedal off the, the metal when it came to what they were doing offensively. Joe, I, I looked at them, and I, I rewatched that game. Do you know how many times they ran the ball on third down and – you get to a point where yeah. it's like, okay, do you agree with that? Do you not? Dis- do you disagree with it? A lot of people were mad. Did you see this? Like Barstool and all those guys were mad that they scored at the end. Like, I was blow, you know, blows for the, the bat. Cover. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but Joe and, and like, so what? They covered. They had their entire second string offense in. You're not going to tell your second string dudes to just take a knee. Yeah, you. They got to get the reps. Yeah. Drew Aller is one injury away from the guy that scored, okay, for Penn State. Joe, anything can happen. Somebody can roll over his ankle, knock on wood for them. But anything can happen in this. They completely took it uh, the, the gas off, where I don't think Ohio State did. I think that they were trying to score. All right, last thing before we get to Alabama, or before we get to Miami and Texas A&M, your mm-hmm. thoughts on Alabama? I... <sighs> Okay, they played Middle Tennessee State, and I know that a lot of the things that are happening early on in in week one and week zero that we're trying to pull takeaways from bad matchups. I am not ever for a long time going to concede that I am wrong about Alabama unless they show up against Texas and they run all over them and they blow the doors off of them. But that offense looked smooth with Jalen Milrow. And I think that they made the right decision. That is what I will chime in and say. I think that they made the right decision going with Jalen Milrow because they were very easily offensively productive. That approach of running the football and making him, Milrow, a huge facet to the run game and working multiple running backs in, we talked about that during the offseason, that if they can do that successfully, they're going to be a competitive, really good team this year. I just don't have confidence that when it comes down to a third and long and Jalen Milrow is challenged, that I can ask him to complete a pass that is, is going to be important for the outcome of the game. I got to see that. And we're going to get exposure to that against Texas. Can he do it? Can he make those important plays to help them win games? Can Quinn Ewers? Because I, I – Wait, wait, wait. I at least know that Quinn Ewers can connect over the top. Like, Jalen Milrow can't. I I, I... – I don't clearly don't disagree with that, but I sent you the clip, Joe. He didn't connect against Rice. He's got dudes riding wide ass open and he's missing them. Hey, let me, let me, yeah. Hear, hold on, hold on one second. Hold on one second. We'll preview this on Wednesday. If that, if this were any other quarterback, what would you say? If it were any other quarterback, not no, named no, Quinn, you're saying Quinn Ewers, right? Well, correct. If I told you, let, let me just throw a random quarterback okay well like what you just did with Daniels you defended Daniels in the sense of okay well he threw passes eight passes beyond 10 yards and six of them were dropped okay well that's clearly not on him however Quinn Ewers went 0 for 8 in the same exact type of scenario but he completely missed him yeah there's the film does not look good 
The film does not look good. We'll talk about that more on Wednesday. Let's get to this Miami and Texas A&M thing. Joe, I was kidding earlier about this, but in a way I'm not. I don't think that A&M is going to blow out Miami. But. Uh Uh-oh. Connor Wegman's a dude. Okay. Connor Wegman is a dude. Defensive line. Did you, did you, I don't care who they're playing against. Did you see him? I, I don't care. When you, when you look like that, I don't care who you're playing against. They have a really, they have a, if there's a top three wide receiver unit, Ohio State, Florida State, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, Texas A&M, they have weapons, weapons on top of weapons. The question becomes with me, if they can protect Connor Wegman with the weapons that they do have, Joe, and and what we see, Bobby Petrino clearly calling plays. Jimbo talked about it in the postgame. Like, guys, did you see me with a play call? I I had specific little things on a sheet of paper, and I let the coaches coach. Can't believe I'm going to say this, but I told you all offseason, I am really in, I'm not going to write in on a team that was five and seven a year ago. What I am going to do is say they have dudes all across the field. It looks like Jimbo made a right decision here by going with Petrino and, and not calling plays. I'm just so intrigued by what they could be, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Well, you've always had a soft spot for. For Jimbo and Texas, I don't. I hate. Let let me let me write this. Let me write this down right now. Okay. I hate. I as an LSU fan, I hate Texas A&M. I think they're pompous. I think they think that they are better than what they are. They haven't won a national title since 1939. They suck. The only national title that they've had the last five years is in cow meat judging. Meat judging. You're they're meat judgers. Veiny triumphant ribeye meat judgers. Okay. It doesn't matter what they've done in the past. It doesn't matter what I think of Jimbo. Okay. What can they, what can they be? If Petrino's calling plays with these weapons, they can be something. Am I, I'm not saying they're going to the playoff. I'm not saying they're winning a the national title. Joe, can they win eight or nine games? That is yeah, doable. Yeah. yeah, they – so here's the first thing is I'm going to concede that Texas A&M last year it was – it was like, oh my God. It was like watching a car on fire barreling down on the highway. It's like, what is going to go wrong next? They looked like a normal top 25 caliber team. I know against a bad opponent, but they looked cleaner. And I'm going to reiterate what you just said. Connor Weigman is a dude. He is going to be a highly sought after draft pick. He's got a live arm. He can move, he can throw on the run. I really love what they're bringing to the table with Weigman. I think that he is going to be very productive this season. I'm leaning for Texas A&M to win this matchup with Miami for that reason. I love what Evan Stewart has done, and it looks like he's gotten even better than he did last year. That combo is going to help set them up, and their defensive line is going to help set them up. But, but, this game will not be lopsided. I think that Miami is vastly improved from last season. Their offensive line, they have oh, a young they got dudes up there now. Yeah, they are mauling people. And I'm blanking on the name of the young freshman that they added. It's going to come to me in a second. His brother is also on the team. That oh, kid God. is a yeah. freakish uh, athlete. They have a really good young core along that offensive line. 
But what is going to hurt them and why they're going to lose this game? They're going to run the ball just fine. Like they've got a, a number of guys that that stood out well, to me. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Are they with that D line from A and M? I think we're going to be surprised. I really think that Miami is going to come out with uh, Paris Jr. and Fletcher Jr. The two backs that got a lot of carries against Miami of Ohio. They looked really good, and they were picking up just a lot of long gains. They've got good acceleration and burst to separate. But dude, Tyler Van Dyke stinks. I can't, I can't watch that. I can't watch this guy anymore. I'm done with it. Like they really couldn't have gone out there and gotten somebody else. They should have let him hit the portal and they should have gone after even Graham Mertz would have been a better option. That the fact that they were damn, and you hate Graham Mertz. I don't hate him. I just don't think he's good. But Tyler Van Dyke is terrible. He's terrible. He only threw for 200 yards. And struggled against Miami of Ohio. Flip on the tape. He's not good. If this game gets out of hand, it's going to be because he makes a mess in his pants. It's th- the guy needs to not be starting. And I'm worried about what the other backup options are. So if you think he's that bad, then why do you think it's going to be closer than it is? Running the football is just running the football. I mean, like if he's if he is still that bad. And we believe that AM does have weapons offensively. Good O line, good running yeah. backs. They got two former five, or they got the Ruben Owens kid, Le'Veon Mo- or the Moss. Uh, God, dog, it always blank on the receiver's name. It's not A Chain. What's the other kid's name for crying out loud? God, dog. Uh, it's He's been there too. since 1986. I, I, I forget, but they have weapons. Uh, Anias, isn't it Anias Smith? Let me check. Okay. It's driving me nuts, but the kid's bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Okay. Why would I why would I pick let me ask you this question? It is a nice Smith. It is okay, nice Smith. Why would I pick Miami to keep this close if Tyler Van Dyke is what you say he is? Because not only do I think that they're gonna control the line of scrimmage offensively, I think that they're gonna run the ball, they're gonna they're going to kill the clock a little bit because they they need to notice and realize that is their best chance at winning. The other aspect of this too, I think that their defensive line is also not that far off from Texas A&M's Leonard Taylor is freaking good. And their secondary has a lot of athletes. Cam kitchens is going to be a first round pick. If Weigman makes any mistakes, it could result in a fumble or a pick because they're going up against some really elite premier athletes my concern coming into the year for Miami is that those athletes had not developed in their time in Coral Gables and they're starting to look like they've developed they look like they've gotten there they can dominate this game along the line of scrimmage and if they do I think that this keeps this game a lot closer so I I just I'm not going to agree with that fully either Joe mainly okay mainly due to the fact that you have potentially, and you do draft stuff, potentially you have three first-round picks on the defensive line for AM. Walter Nolan was all over the place. He's been on – people say, oh, well, Blake, they play Rudy Pooh State. He, he did it against Alabama. He's done it against LSU. He's done it against big-time opponents. This isn't anything new. I get that. Nothing new. I See, this is – McKinley uh, Jackson was all over the place. There's yeah. nothing new. I'm not saying that they're not going to be impactful, and I'm not saying that they're not going to win this game. I really do think that they win 
by seven plus points, seven, 10 points, somewhere in that range. I just don't think that this ends up being a 20 point margin of victory. Like, I don't think this is going to be some smack you around, get you in and out game over type of a game. I still think that there are going to be some growing pains with this Texas A&M team. It is not going to be a perfect immediate transition for them in game two against a quality opponent. This is also just like we talked about Texas A&M is no longer a dumpster fire. Miami also appears to be no longer a dumpster fire. First quality mm-hmm. opponent in the second week, not all of your problems are going to be completely ironed out. It's going to be a little bit. I think they're you not going to be fully make, clean. The old adage is, is that you make the biggest jumps from week one to week two, yeah. right? Okay. Tyler Van Dyke on Saturday went a whopping 17 of 22, one touchdown, one pick against Miami of Ohio. That pick was bad, too. Very bad. So bad. So, again, if you're going to give me a – if this comes down to – if both teams are even, they're going to get theirs. Both teams up front are pretty decent. Give me the better quarterback. I, I'm going to go A&M here. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming your pick is A&M. Do you have yes. any type of score prediction on this one? Uh, I'm going to go with 31 to 24. Damn it. Is that what you're going to go with? I went thirty. I went thirty-one twenty-one. A and M. Okay. I think that's. I think, it, I think it feels a lot bigger than the ten points. That you think it's going to be a garbage time touchdown at the end? Kind of keeps it a little closer. No. Well, uh, for Miami, yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, I do. I think they run one in late, and it just. You know, you're like, oh well, they kept it close. Now. You know what's interesting here, Joe? If the if the SEC and AM loses to Miami, a lot of people are going to be talking shit about the SEC. Oh, I am going to absolutely be talking and then shit about if the Texas SEC. Texas beats Alabama, the SEC is going to hear a bunch of shit. But you know what? You know I what? I don't want that to happen at all. Continue. Sorry. Well, the only thing that I'm going to say is good on it. Good on yeah, it. It's good for college footballers. Balance. Like people say, I'm an SEC homer. SEC teams not named LSU. I hate their guts. I don't know why. I don't know why people think that. I just think that when you recruit at that high of a level, there's something yeah. to be said about it. Yeah. Something to be yeah. said. All right. You know what? One thing I want to say before we get out of here. What's that? Texas Tech, you freaking. A-holes. We didn't get to that last last show. What what that what the hell was that? We wasted a whole show on them for it to not matter. You know what? And you know what? Go back through your text messages. You know, even though I thought that they could be the team that, you know, could be the surprise TCU team, I told you let's not do a preview on Texas Tech. And what did you tell me? Blake, they're a top 25 team. I told you. You gotta wait. You said no to TCU, and which was probably a good thing. Well, they got their asses beat by Colorado. We had to do our due diligence in pre- previewing all the teams, man. We got we can't give biased coverage. We had to do our due diligence. Well, you know what? You know what? Texas State made up for it, beating Baylor. Shade to TJ Finley, huh? I man, GJ Kinney, what he did with the Carnet Word, man, dude. He is an. He's going to get hired somewhere in three years, and everyone's going to be like, who's this G.J. Kinney guy? Dude, he's the next He's the next uh, big coach. Just watch. If Texas beats Alabama, says uh, Gideon, 
in the chat. You can't you can't say that the Big Twelve beat the SEC because Texas is technically a SEC team. That is true. Because the, the version beating, of Texas, listen, no, listen no. to me. They're not beating Alabama at Alabama. No, no shot. I don't think they're doing it. All right, no shot. Great show. Great show. Pray for me. I am. My heart hurts. Can I tell you what? Can I tell you what last night felt like? What? You ever got? Did you ever get dumped in high school? No, I didn't. Didn't college though. I felt like I got dumped last night. Look, I don't want to hear any complaints because that was week one. You didn't sit through the 2012 BCS National Championship game. No, I sat through, through the 2011 one. How what was, how lopsided was that one? 21 to not 21 to nothing. One of guys. That no when LSU that, when LSU couldn't get past the 50 yard line. You will never endure a more embar- that is the most embarrassing championship game in any sport. Notre Dame, Alabama, the whole Manti Teo thing. Nothing oh, will top yeah, that. That's, that's true. Ha <laughs> ha, y'all had Teo. At least we don't have that. All mm-hmm. right. We'll see y'all Wednesday, guys. Peace. <laughs>